What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Friday late night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I'm extremely sick. Hurt my elbow working out today. I'm having night terrors from Nyquil. I don't care. I'm still fighting through all of this because Mike Pellucci of The Athletic is here and he wants to talk wrestling and I want to talk wrestling. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to fight through it. Yeah. Listen, if Adam Cole can work on a Sunday night after being declared legally dead on a Saturday night, you can do this podcast. Well, are we sure he actually was alive for that Pete Dunn match? Because um, <laughs> I wouldn't call that the most um, eye-opening, intense um, high octane. Listen, man, seen. I'm impressed that he managed to get through. I know. I I yeah. give him a full pass. When you take a fucking bump like that, you should get a week off minimum. Right. So that that is true. I wonder how much that actually played a role into why that match stunk so much. But that was a just awful. I mean, you know, it's 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 Pete Dunne and Adam Cole. Like, uh, there's a reason. If it's not as good as, you know, if it's not an awesome match, there's a reason. <laughs> the reason is, I mean, and to be fair, like. Pete Dunne went hard the night before. Mm. Not so hard that he can't compete, but I mean, when you have a, a Pete Dunne who went hard and carried a lot of a triple threat match, and then you have Adam Cole taking, uh, I mean, there's a whole other podcast that can be done about the gnarliest bumps in WWE history, but that's that's up there. That's real high up there. And then you say, okay, buddy, go and uh, 20 hours later, go ahead and wrestle again. Like, I think they get a pass. Especially because Survivor Series was fun. Yeah, that's so great. you know we're not going to harp on the negative. That's we we there are so many things we harp on when you and I have these conversations about WWE that's negative. This is the rare time where I feel like we'll be mostly positive in this podcast. Maybe we will. I don't know. Um, More of a chance than I think usually we do with WWE things. I would say yeah, if we're grading on a curve, sure. But um, yeah, what I'm about to say is uh, let me check my notes here. Not positive in that um, <laughs> Bray Wyatt's um matches are fine like i thought the Dana Bryan stuff was what it needed to be but the mm-hmm. lights have got to go what is this yeah it's not good and i mean i all you ever hear about is if you know people in the arena are just like i it's bad enough when you watch on tv but people in the arena can't see a damn thing mm. so like you know it's, it's not good if your live event crowd can't watch your champion perform that's it was cool the first time no, and it wasn't now now it's gotta go <laughs> I, I, the first time was a novel. Did you oh, enjoy the first time you saw the it, Purple Rope Club for 205 Live when they were on Raw and they had to get out their own little ropes to make them look like they were just comedy jobbers that could, didn't even belong in the main show? Did you enjoy that? Everything about 205. Everything about Cara when he was getting the multicolored, sad. when he was Mystico and everything years ago. Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. These are never good. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't do the gimmicks, basically. No, don't do the, don't do don't the in-match to. gimmicks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's uh the red has gotta go. And I mean we're not I don't think we're breaking ground by saying that. I don't think we're breaking much ground by saying that like they are booking themselves into a serious corner because they're just making him like the Terminator mm. and how do you take the belt off yeah. that guy? 
Like, this is why if there was ever a defense for how badly they wasted all the momentum with Strowman, the only defense is that once you put the belt on someone like that, how do you get the belt off of them? And we're going to see that in a different way with a different type of performer with Bray, because I mean, I don't know what you are going to do to justify somebody actually beating this person short of like, you know, hitting him with a truck. Well, I've got good news for you. The big dog <laughs> is gearing up. He's hungry. He's got some spears in him. Big dog's got eight. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, we're going to get like nine big dog spears. And uh, that's how he's going to win. Yeah, you could legitimately set an over under like nine and a half spears. Yeah. Like, that's how it ends. Like, I, like it's going to be very close mm. to what Seth Rollins had to do. Just, uh, just the yeah. Rebel version. Yeah. And I mean, listen, what if this is all a long con? Because people. And I would count myself in general a, a long time Bray Wyatt advocate. Mm-hmm. I was was frustrated by how they wasted him at various points. I think as far as just a creative mind, he's one of the best in the last twenty years of wrestling. Like the guy thinks of all kinds of crazy stuff and gets himself over and shouldn't be this, as big as he is, especially after they tried to bury him for so many years there. Uh what if this is all a long con? Because all they want more than anything is for Roman to stay a big baby face, right? What is a long con to just piss us off even more with stuff? Like right now we're agitated with things about the feed. What if they just do this for five more months? And we're like, Jesus, just take the belt off of it. And then that way nobody boos Roman. Then Roman gets pure face love and he goes over at mania and it's everything they ever wanted. It took them like seven years to actually get right. That is some galaxy brain level shit that um, will not happen. Uh, Mike. <laughs> you were talking yourself look Which at like, look at the hoops we have to jump through to get to the point of like universally beloved babyface roman reigns well i mean listen since he came back for leukemia like people cheer right it's fine i think it is probably it's fine you i know why they're cheering they him right now him. because he's been on the outside like that's the thing is the reason that, that yeah, he has been able right. to maintain these kinds of i would say he's not getting cheered it's more of like moderate like it's not cheer like what kevin owens got when he debuted on saturday we're we're cheers this is more of like he's just not getting the the mixed reactions as much well that's the thing the reaction i mean it's obviously muted but like the reaction is going in one direction and it's the direction they want it to go in for right now Uh, but it's because he's not near the title and he's not winning a bunch of matches against guys that people like like that's the thing i totally agree but what if we get to the point? So I'm saying, what if he gets to the point where the WWE just shoves Bray Wyatt down your throat so much, everybody gets so annoyed by Bray Wyatt, and they're like, fine, just take the belt off of him. I don't want to do this every week. But that doesn't mean I want Roman Reigns either. It's not like it, you've been feeding me spinach forever and then saddle me with some squash. And I'm like, oh, yeah, excited for this squash. No, you're just like, what if I don't want either of these things? Why are you giving me things that I don't want? I don't want either of these things anymore. Yeah, I get that. I'm not saying I. Who want is writing the column? Thing. I'm just saying Roman Reigns needs the universal title on SmackDown. If you want to fix Friday Night SmackDown, put the title on Roman Reigns. That's who we all want to see with the belt. Uh, I will tell you who's writing that column. It's called the people writing their checks at five. <laughs> <laughs> the fans love it. They... The big dog. It's his yard. I I really do think WWE Soul Box is like Roman Reigns is. You're getting Roman Reigns. Like that's the top guy. You've yeah, got your little Hulk Hogan. You can build him around. Like everybody knows who well, he is. Well, it is um, yes when you when he is one of like when he is the only star they've tried to develop in the last like five years yeah. i guess seth they try but seth isn't like as big as roman is because they didn't push him as hard 
Right. So when he's the only thing you have close to a new real star that you made in the last five years because your booking is so horrible, then obviously you're going to tell people at Fox, yeah, you're getting Roman. And obviously the people on Fox are going to be like, well, that's, I guess, who we want to have the title if it's not going to be Brock. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was more, like, like, it's fine, it's the- whatever. I was, were you, this even in my notes, but like, the I thought the best match of the night was Ray versus Brock. And those two... Interesting. Oh, it was incredible. It was everything it needed to be. Ray Mysterio. You are, you are, awesome. you are a tenured. You are, you are a long time Brock believer. I'm a so, long time you know, Brock believer, and Ray Mysterio is just the most underrated babyface of like the last twenty years believer. Like there is, I don't. I mean, I think anybody who's like a wrestling fan agrees with that. Though everybody loves Ray. I know that, but I think there's something more to be said about that. Where like he's just been universally loved forever, and no one's ever gotten tired of Ray Mysterio. He could lose every match, and he's still super over, and people are still going to buy into him winning big time matches. Like, yeah, that is there is yeah, really value mean, in that, and that's really hard to pull off. It is. I completely agree. It is Ray is an all time great. I feel like when we have these conversations about who the all time greats are. Like, maybe he should get more love than he does. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't, I mean, he didn't get enough world title runs because nobody's ever been willing to commit to him as that for a long period of time. But man, it is hard to, and I mean, he's 44 and he still works really well. And I mean, you go back and you see some of the stuff that he would do when he was like WCW's a cruiser rate. And he, he was doing spots then 20 plus years ago that even now people don't even try. Like he is, uh, he's unreal. I do. I did like that match because it, I mean, it told a good story. Yes. It was a simple story, but they try to tell a story. And like, as opposed to the umpteenth time that Seth wrestles Brock and we're like, all right, why are we doing this again? All right, sure. Fine. Whatever. This was fresh and this had something and it was very easy to get behind Ray. Fans bought that when, he hit the fro- when they hit the double six one nine and then the frog splash and then him hopping on top of Ray and trying to hold him down. Like the crowd was going ape shit. Yeah, it, it, it reminded me in a totally different dynamic for different reasons, but it reminded me of that Mark Henry Cena program. Mm. You know, the one where Henry fake retired and wrestled Cena, and that crowd wanted Mark Henry to win that belt so damn badly at that pay-per-view. I mean, they were losing their minds because they just wanted... Uh, I, I think it was part they didn't want Cena. I think it was part they liked the idea of a Mark Henry title run, and this was basically... This felt a little like that, except the dynamic was what WWE wanted to be of. You want the baby face to go over. They want you to want Ray to win. Um, and it works, you know, I mean, it's, it's, they sold it and it's, you know, I mean, for all you can do in a, a situation like that, because we all know he's not going to get the belt. All you can do in a situation like that is go into it and just make the crowd buy it for a second or two, just for a couple spots that this might actually happen. And I think they accomplished that. And then, you know, we could talk about raw in a bit. <laughs> this is one of the better raws they've done in a while. And they rode that wave, I thought, pretty well of, hey, everybody loves Ray again. Put a belt on Ray. Like, put a, you know, put a mid-card title on him. I, I really love how they've handled the U.S. title uh, recently. You know, I'm, I've always been a very big fan of making your upper mid-card title every now and again. Like, don't just put it – you either have to have it on up-and-comers or you got to have it on – main event caliber guys to keep it prestigious. Like I loved when Triple H was teaming with Stone Cold and had the Intercontinental title. Like just a reminder that, hey, this isn't beneath main event guys to do this sometimes. So I love that, you know, AJ built a little bit of that back up with the US title. Really, if you go Ricochet as an up-and-comer to AJ and then now to Rey Mysterio, like that title feels like something prestigious again. But much more than, for instance, like I don't take Intercontinental titles seriously at all at this point because they don't book Nakamura well. 
Yeah, but I mean, Nakamura, yeah. another guy we have to give some, some well, we'll give him some, some kudos because he has mailed it in for a long time now and he should he's old and he's yeah. just like i'm not gonna like what am i gonna do keep killing myself for random ass smackdown matches against jinder mahal no thank you but he went balls <laughs> to the wall he was great he's been really good i've enjoyed his intercontinental title run it's, i think it's revitalized him a little bit and i think he he really went at it um in that aj roddy um shinsuke match i thought that was that was solid i wouldn't have given roddy the win but it was solid I mean, in the, in the larger context of the story, the ton, I see why they gave Roddy the win. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, like he was better. Look, I, I was never even the biggest Nakamura guy in New Japan. When he came to NXT and he wrestled Sami Zayn, I was the one person, like everybody's raving about that match, and I was the one person who was going, I think Sami Zayn just carried him for 30 minutes. Mm. Like, I didn't think he was that great. And so even in that match on Sunday, I'm like, all right, this is better than he's looked, but he's still a very distant third among dudes in that match I want to yeah, watch. For sure. Like, I just, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't know what you do with him. Like, I mean, it's I, fine. I feel like doing it with him right now. I think this is, this is not offensive. This is fine. This is whatever. Um, I am okay. Like, Listen, SmackDown man, has much bigger guess, problems like, than what Shinsuke is doing with the Intercontinental title. I mean, I guess my thing is just like, I'm a purist with the Intercontinental title. You know, I love it when it is not just, you know, we talk about what the U S title is, you know, I, I like it of that echelon, but more specifically, you know, that belt is supposed to be the belt that the best worker in the, in the show has. Like, I will, I mean, look, we're, there is no point in either of us doing the umpteenth, hey, give Cesaro a push mm. uh, podcast because yeah. we've done plenty of these before. But, I mean, if there's ever something that cries out for, for like, just give Cesaro the Intercontinental title and like, just let him wrestle good matches every single week, that's all you have to do. Like, nobody's tuning in to watch Nakamura wrestle with that belt, especially not when Sammy just messes up half of his matches. Like, put the belt on Cesaro and let him just work. Give him, like, a good 20-minute block every week and just let him work with someone and just do his shit. And it will be so much better than anything that they have done with this. Mm. Yeah. I think the money is in Mustafa beating him and then giving Mustafa That's fine. Yeah. Because like, they I would, did, I would wasn't be that a thing that happened that. where he got taken, like, he was about to feud with Shinsuke and then it got forgotten about and he, he tweeted about it. Um, that, like, hey, remember that, feud? like, someone tweeted at him, hey, what happened to that? Mustafa versus Shinsuke feud they started a week ago and they immediately transitioned to someone else. I don't even remember now who it was. Was it Corbin? I don't even remember. But um yeah, I think that's that's the play here. Is I think you give um, I'm totally fine with yeah. that. I love I enjoy watching him. I think he could work. I think he's a great natural baby face. The poor guy has had between that and just everything at Elimination Chamber. He's just had things of just when you think they're about to kick up a notch for him, they just don't. Yeah. So well, I, I would love back, it. So that's step real. 1. That was step one, man. Thank goodness. That was, and now all we have to do is undo Shorty G and then we're set. Good God. Um, poor SmackDown. What Terrible. a bad show. What a bad idea. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's the most skippable thing each week for me. It's uh, I'll, I'll pop in, I'll check, you know, I can DVR, I can watch the occasional thing. I'll watch the clips if there's something useful, but I'm not, there's so much wrestling on. I'm not, I'm not doing two weeks of SmackDown, you know, like, Especially not when, like, at least Raw is flashing things every now and again, you know, and especially this week where it's like, oh, maybe they might figure it out. I don't think there's any sign of that from SmackDown right now. No, uh, but they should definitely do more Baron Corbin stuff. That's that's the ticket. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah, huge win. Do you think 
it's a good idea because now they've set the president. I don't know if it's like a one-off of including NXT and Survivor Series and um, more WWE pay-per-views. I would not. I would make that. I would go ahead and squash that going forward, especially like having to work book both shows that weekend. Not great for your talent and keeping them physically that well. Like that's just not good. Um, that would have to be a thing to change. Yeah. But I like it in the bigger picture, especially if you consider what they're doing strategically, which is like, you know, if if you're competing against AEW on Wednesdays, you don't want to tell the story of this is our development developmental territory anymore. But that's because not, like yeah, that's the. But I don't agree. Like I just takeovers are the only like is are what makes NXT worth it. Like that's the only thing I think that makes NXT worth it is that they just have the best pay per views every year like but i think they, i think every week they're guaranteed to have a better match each show than anything else on raw or smackdown mm. i consistently could turn on nxt and i know i'm gonna get at least one match every week yeah. usually more than one match where i'm like this is legitimately good wrestling that's not happening on the first two shows so but if you stunt yourself with your own marketing of this is our developmental territory it's just one more reason for people to potentially watch the competitor so i think if you're trying to bring this up as a third brand that's equal to the other two. Uh, I think it's a smart play. And clearly that's what all the booking on Sunday was about to establish that this is not an alternative. This is a legitimate third brand. Um, So I think like from that perspective, the bigger picture marketing of it, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think at the end of the day, look like, uh, I mean, the last month of main roster shows have been more exciting than they've been in a long time because they're getting this fresh talent infusion there. And it's not just that, yeah, they're fresh faces. It's not just shiny new toy syndrome. It's the fact that those guys that we're watching, like, how do I put this? I legitimately, if I see Keith Lee come in on a Friday night, I'm legitimately thinking not only is Keith Lee here, but I could see a really good wrestling match right now. The reason being that NXT lets these guys actually wrestle every week. So when they're, being intermingling with other shows, I'm sitting there going like, maybe I should watch this because they might actually let these guys work. And lo and behold, the last month they've let these guys have some good matches in the main roster. Some people have actually worked and worked well on Mondays and Fridays. So I don't see the downside. I do agree that you can't do that takeover before Survivor Series if you're going to do this again like that. Do it a week before. Uh, make it its own thing. People will watch a takeover whenever it is, you know, because um, you can't. Yeah, you can't tell Adam Cole take a top of the cage table bump and then go work. Uh, a match tomorrow night for the title. That's obscene. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a smart idea. I think you want to establish having three major brands because then it only increases the suspense. It decreases NXT as just a developmental brand, which it's not anymore. And then it gives you more options. Like it legitimizes things like Finn Balor coming to NXT. Like that means something more as opposed to Finn Balor. We couldn't figure out what the hell to do with him on the upper bid card. Fuck it. Let's throw him at NXT, make him a main eventer now. That doesn't make NXT look good if you do that. But if it's this is the third brand, then you can buy some of that stuff more. So I'm in on it. I think I I enjoyed it. I thought the last month was the best main roster stuff they've done in a while. I thought this Survivor Series was more interesting than something they've done in a while. So I'm, I say they keep it. I'm out on it. Uh, you didn't swear. <laughs> I appreciate your opinion, but no, um, still out. I I Sorry. think it's still developmental as long as it's at full sale. It still is going to be seen, especially aesthetically, as developmental. When you watch it on TV, yeah, it looks and I, like developmental. It looks like an ROH show. It better crowd, obviously. By crowd, I just mean more than seven people. I yep. I just it's just too many. Like, and I, I keep going back to like the Mike Bennett thing. Where did you see he 
he gave some really interesting answers as to why he requested his release and Maria didn't. And he knew going in, they wouldn't grant it and all this other stuff, but it's just like, he just wanted to work. He finally got back in shape and got over all this stuff and got over his demons. And like, Uh it's just a nice story. And he's like, I just, I need to work. Like, how can I just claim to my daughter that I'm a hard worker and all this other stuff when they don't give me opportunities? Because there's only main event, which has the same match over and over again each week. If you look at the results on profightdb.com, where they just have like two or three of the same different jobbers, Mojo Raleigh's just been dominating that show forever. But I think you still <laughs> Mojo need... Riley, the champion of main yes. event. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's great. I, I highly encourage you to go back and look at some of that. Like the Ascension, just the See, best tag prime the Mojo event. content. Yeah. Um, I, I just think... I, this, this is where like velocity and Sunday Night Heat and stuff like that come into play. Where like I just think there is more value if you are going to have these two main brand shows that have all these different characters that you can't fit on anyway, and then you can't put them on NXT because NXT is its own thing, and those guys like it would hurt their product by moving the mid card yeah. or mid card of the Raw and SmackDown guys onto the NXT. Like sometimes it will work, like with Tyler Breeze and Fandango and stuff like that. But those are rare exceptions. The majority of those. Guys would look or yeah, they rehab Tyson Kidd. That was another one. Right, they took Tyson Kidd and yeah, yeah. But that's not their identity, and it's just and if you say sending back, then it looks like they're going back to developmental if they appear on NXT. Like it looks like they went back to development. Not if you not if you legitimize it as a main. But brand, I don't think though. you should. That's my whole point. Because then you're still watering down Raw and SmackDown, and you're not giving those guys on those shows enough opportunities as it is. And then you just it's just too many people. Like that's what he's talking about. He's like, there's just too many, and you can't. There's nowhere to go, and they can't yeah. work. There's so yeah, many guys so, in this I mean, roster this, who can't work. Right, I agree. And the solution to this is the thing that they're not going to do. The solution to this is you give, like... Grant these releases. There and, no, don't even... Like, if you are them and you want to control the talent, don't even fucking do that. Just You don't have to do a full offseason, but just rotate when you give guys time off. Yes. Like, give 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 Randy Orton two months off of you. Yep. Just, and stagger this stuff. And guess what's going to happen? One, you showcase all your talent more. Two, what does everybody love the most when somebody comes back yeah. unexpected and changes the storyline? If you do this for all of your big guys every year, it forces you to build up other talent, and then it makes you keep your guys fresher and healthier. It's a game changer from a labor perspective. This is what AEW's doing really well. You never know who's going to appear on each show, and some guys will just not appear for weeks on end. Well, granted, I mean, they're all working dark matches that they're going to throw on YouTube anyways. But AEW is not the same problem because AEW doesn't tour. Like, yeah. I mean, they do one show a week, you know. But if that's your, I mean, if you're WWE, because you know AEW is saying, yeah, we're going to work your body less. You're going to make good money. Mm-hmm. You're going to have time off. You have benefits. If you're WWE, the best thing you can tell these guys is, hey, we'll give you two months off a year. You work 10 months. Uh, that's great. And then that way... You can use all these people that you have because, yeah, there's so many guys who, I mean, like, just pick it, pick somebody, pick Alistair Black, just totally wasted, doesn't do a damn thing, you know? Um, then they waste time on the guys Raiders, like, where they just face jobbers for a month when you could give them good, compelling matches. Like, what are you doing? This is such a waste of time. Yeah, I know. So that's really the solution that they're not going to do. The solution is really just give people more time off. And it makes everybody's quality of life better, and it makes your shows better. But they're not going to do it. No. And it's like, the, the ratings aren't affected by Randy Orton being gone for two months. No one's moving the needle in this company anymore. There is no needle mover. It's like CM Punk on backstage and, like, John Cena. That's it. Those are your needle movers. That's it. No one's yeah. missing SmackDown yeah. because they're like, oh, Roman's not advertised? Guess we're just going to tank the ratings. No, it's not happening. Like, if Roman disappeared for two months, SmackDown's ratings are not affected. I don't know why they don't do that. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know. 
I, just, I mean, it's a dumb company, yeah, but that's 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 my solution. You don't even need a formal off season. You just literally just stagger when you give people two months off a year. If there was ever a person who needed two months off, um, outside of Corey Graves, who might need the full um, remainder of his contract off, um, <laughs> Seth Rollins, we're like we're getting closer and closer to the uh, Joy Mercury and uh, what was his name? Uh, why am I blanking on J and J Security? But Greg Gilliland. What was the other uh, uh, Jamie no. Noble? Um, with AOP, yeah. just a better version. It looks like they're teasing that now. Um, he turned heel ish on Monday. I'm yep. still not convinced it's a full on heel turn, and that this is just oh, it's it's a heel turn. It's a heel so. turn, and yeah, no, I think it is. And I mean, I listen everything about that. I thought was perfect. Like, and I will give WWE a whole lot of credit because after so many years of we're never turning Cena, after so many years of we're never turning Roman. They knew which way the temp- which way the wind was blowing on this, which is like people thought Seth is very corny, like Seth's a great worker, but like people would just as the main baby face of your company, people were like, Yeah, all right, man. Whereas he's a great heel. I think everybody was kind of getting tired of Seth at the top. And they just completely leaned into him like I mean, just Seth Seth's not very cool. Right. Seth tries to be cool. Seth's not very cool. And Seth trying to be the cool motivating leader and failing miserably is so dead on for that character. Yeah. And turning him heel, whereas Kevin Owens, people just want to get behind him now. And so it's such a natural pairing. It is, frankly, like, you and I both love Kevin Owens. We, we tried that bandwagon. Frankly, I mean, in a more just WWE, this is your title feud. And it's not Brock, you know, mailing it in for two months and coming back. Like, this should be a title feud right here. But it will be the A-show feud. I think also with Authors of Pain, yeah, it's like a beefed-up J&J security. But what have the – like, if there's anything we know about the Authors of Pain, even in NXP – I think everybody knew the authors of pain couldn't carry an actual story by themselves. Like that's why they had Paul Ellering. And even then it didn't work that well. Like you need to have them in a role exactly like this, which is just their muscle. And that's fine. Some dudes are like that. Like we're not going to have a compelling authors of pain story in and of themselves. So give them to Seth because Seth as a heel, like works best when he can't totally fight his own battles. And Seth is a self-righteous, like I'm motivating you guys, you know, I'm the leader, even though he has no leadership skills. And it's like every bad middle manager across corporate America. I love that. I love everything about that story and where this is going. Like it's, it has me extremely excited for a raw feud in the first time in a very long time. We'll see. I, I don't know. It's, I also wonder like with stuff like this, did they scrap whatever they had I like planned for AOP or these vignettes for weeks on end, just like biding time? Like I, I, I tend to think that they've had no idea what to do with AOP since they got healthy and sure. returned. They were like, "Oh, people don't like Seth online. All right, we'll do this. Let's let's do this." Which I mean, that's listen. If that's what it, if that's what ended up happening, then good. Like that to me is good on you. If you can't figure out how to use talent but you know how the crowd is reacting to something mm-hmm. and you find a way to augment that talent with wrestlers you're not going to use. Like when we talked last time, right? The whole Akira Tozawa, Paula Cruz thing. They're not doing anything. Let's do something productive with them. Yeah. As opposed to shoving these vignettes down your throat. Like remember when a couple of years ago, like every couple of years when they repackage the colognes with some new gimmick and they're like, yeah, this is going to be a thing this time, guys, the colognes, you're going to like them. And they never, and never, ever, 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 ever works. Like instead of doing that with these dudes, Make them useful. Like, if they're not going to be useful in and of themselves, then use it to further one of your top guys' storylines. Like, that's great. You should be doing this because if these people listened to what the fans wanted on other things, then they'd probably have a roster full of stars by now as opposed to wasting a Sami Zayn or a Braun Strowman or not turning Roman heel or doing all those things. So 
I'm I'm sitting here going like maybe this is genuine progress. Now watch this week; it'll just be you know the you people and Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. You people didn't <laughs> believe in me. You people didn't take you. You took me for granted. I'm the hardest worker here. You took me for granted. You people in City X, you stink. Ah mm-hmm. ah 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 ah! Because he's gonna bring back the Seth Rollins heel laugh. If he does that, he's gonna yep. save the business. I think. Listen, I'm I'm all for whiny heel Seth Rollins. Yeah. That's great, and I'm all for Stone Cold derivative authoritarian anti. I would I I want I want to see it happen. That'll get you guaranteed heel heat right there. Just bring the blonde streak back. Mm. Yeah. Um, Marty Skrull, his contract's up tomorrow. Is there any? I mean, we all know he's going. AEW. Like, is there any chance he winds up in NXT? No, absolutely not. Hmm. What is his ceiling in AEW? Where are you at with because uh, he's kind of falling off the mat? I feel bad for him. Like everyone got picked up, and he had to sit, stay behind in uh, Ring of Honor for another. Oh well, yeah, that one. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if you followed the whole thing that's been going on with Joe Mercury versus Ring of Honor, just going scorched oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so I mean, in some of those text messages that he's posting online, um, it kind of confirms what I think people on the outside thought, which is like they were afraid Marty was going to leave, and they didn't want to put the belt on him. Which in reality, like Marty was the best chance they had of having a champion that was really over this year, and they should have just had him run with the title for half the year and then put someone over on the way out the door. That should have been the move. Uh, I, I'm a big Marty believer. I think, I think to me, Marty is something like, like uh, let's say a Pentagon in terms of I think in a big, big, big promotion, he is extremely upper mid card to lower main event. Like you could give him a title run every now and again, but he's not going to be the face of your company. But every now and again, if you, if you run it the right way, I think he can absolutely hold a main event title for a bit because I mean, he's a great worker. He reinvented himself in an incredible way from being party Marty Skrull to the villain. Um, he just has a look at a vibe about him. Uh, he's got that weird brand of charisma where he seems like he's kind of going unhinged, but in a funny British way, but you take it seriously. I'm, I'm for me, he's exactly what they need. Like we talked about this last time. Like my whole thing is, I think they need to let the Lucha brothers work singles. Cause I don't think they have a lot in the upper mid card right now. Uh, if you know, you're bringing a Marty Skrull before new year's, then that solves some of those problems because Marty can go in there right in that, probably right in that hangman pock range of guys who could just work at that level and do it well and be compelling. So yeah, I'm, I've always been a big fan. That to me is what I think of him. What about you? I mean, I'm a big Marty guy. I just wonder, and he's also super young. Another young guy. I just think you should be locking up these young talents. He's what, 29? 31. 30? Okay. So yeah, so he's got play years. Yeah, I would go ahead and do that. And just he's He was always really good on um, being the elite, and you're losing guys there. So oh, he's natu- And it would just be fun to just see him just f- fall back in there. Well, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Or what you could do is you could have him stab them in the back and say, you left me. And who built all this being elite stuff with you? I did. And then you leave me behind and you start this company and you act like I don't exist. Well, I'm here and I'm not going away. Like, you can work it either way. I'm for it. That's okay with me. I like it. Yeah. So I'm. you can do a lot of things with him. I mean, he can work face. He can work heel. I'm just, yeah, I'm a big Marty guy. So to me, it's 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 going to be great. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm very intrigued to see. Because I think right now, if you are these companies and you are trying to raid talent from other promotions, like, I was talking about this with a friend the other day, where are you going to look? 
Impact has a super loaded roster of good workers, but the problem is that almost all of their main event guys have some like big black mark on their character or their reputation or something to where you just don't want to put them on TV. Like who, Michael uh, so Elgin, for instance. Michael Elgin, Rich Swan, mm. Sammy Callahan, although Sammy Callahan didn't, I, I, to the best of my knowledge, didn't do something uh, illegal or immoral, but you know, Sammy is controversial. Um, in addition to those guys, I mean, Tessa Blanchard, there's always been talk about her having heat, um, and she's clearly a fantastic talent. But, you know, so if you're, if you're sitting there and there's like upper card guys in Impact, I don't know how many of them are going to get chased. But you go to Ring of Honor, where there's a lot of talent, and clearly news has not been good for Ring of Honor lately. And you know that uh, there are some deals that are going to be up. Like, that's probably where I think AEW and Ring of Honor look next. Like, Bandito was chased by WWE before he signed Ring of Honor. The Young Bucks love Bandito. Like, that was a guy, when they had that six-man tag at All In, Bandito was handpicked by them to be in there. Like, if, I don't know when his deal is up, but the minute that contract is up, I would bet one of those two companies goes after him hard. Jeff Cobb, good wrestler, you know? So there's a lot of guys in Ring of Honor that I'm really intrigued to see what happens. I think Marty is the most obvious one because I, I think everybody knew Marty was going to do this. Um, but... It's yeah, that, that to me is going to be very interesting what the future of Ring of Honor is and how many of those guys other companies go after. Yeah, I um, I also wonder what their tipping point is, like how big they actually want their roster to be. Like, I wonder what the number is, because um, they've had a lot of people come in and out like very annoyed. They haven't signed Mar- Mercedes Martinez, my personal favorite. I, I want uh, her to be in AEW all the time, but um, I am I'm curious about what their cap is money wise and like how many more people they can actually add at this present time. Yeah, well I mean and it's intriguing too because I don't know I don't know what the tiers of contracts are there, right? Because you have, for instance, like Orange Cassidy works like a you know, is booked for the next PWG show. So he's clearly an AW talent is on TV most weeks. But it's not to the degree of for instance Kenny Omega. So how are some of these deals working? Who can work where, who can't, all of that. Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, it's a good question because like it, we, we look at the number of people and we say, well, the roster is huge, but it's not like WWE where they're all exclusive deals. So uh, maybe it is, maybe it can be pretty flexible. Um, I do think there's probably be a finite number of slots for the really big, you know, borderline main event guys at around there who you're going to say you can't work anywhere else in North America. Then you can only bring in so many of them, but I think they'll keep playing around with it. I especially think we'll keep playing around with it in the women's division. I think there's a lot of room for people, you know, right now, I mean, I don't know how many people you consider a star in that division necessarily. Like I love watching Rio. I think they've done a great job booking her. I think Austin Kong is sort of grandfathered in as a star because she's been around so long right now. Uh, you know, I'm, there's a lot of room for if there are women who are out there who they can bring in, I'm sure that they won't hesitate to keep changing that mix up. I think we've already seen the last few weeks. There are more new women on TV right now. Cause I think they're trying to find out, who's going to stick and who isn't. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, that's all I've got right now. Do you have anything you would like to plug before you get out of here? Uh, no. Gonna, I've, I've been on a little bit of a writing hiatus, but it's going to change pretty soon. I've got mm. a feature coming out this month. I'll probably be writing a little baseball this coming week in addition to that. So, and Mike Lake Sports on Twitter. All right. Go do that. Follow and subscribe up. to you Athletic need to, if you've not already. Yeah, you, you need to you can subscribe, uh, but you can also heal up. You need to get better, buddy. Yeah, no, absolutely. you don't need you don't need any more uh, any more nightmares to start your Friday morning. <laughs> that would be great. I just a weekly nightmare every wild. Friday morning. <laughs> God, 
What, why even suggest something like that, Mike? I'm I'm telling you to get better. I'm suggesting you you heal up. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm a team player. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Well, this has been great. As always, I will talk to you soon, man. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to it. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.